everybody, welcome to Busy Living So Bah, Busy Living So Bah, Busy Living So Bah. I need to have somebody write me a song. Hi, it's Busy and it's episode 174 from Busy Living Sober. What's Why up, JF? Not much. Why do you need somebody to write you a song? You have such a good song that you wrote yourself. <clears throat> it's just like the whole podcast. It's all very campy. It's me <laughs> and, and my computer. It's not. There's sober. It's me, the sober lady, and my dog. My yes. dog. The dog's here. Here's Penelope. Um. So today. It's interesting because the dogs were barking on our first take care, everybody. And now I was like, oh my gosh, our dogs. It just proves how campy we are. But um, our friend, Chris Holland, who was on just recently, he came on and he was like, I talked to him on the phone and he was like, oh my God, I love it when you and your husband are on together. And I was like, really? Okay, I'll have him on again. And I think it's kind of fun because people can see that when you're sober, you can still have fun, especially as a married couple. And we have fun, that's for sure, don't we? Yes, we had some fun last week, didn't we? We, we did, did something different. We did do something different. We tried but something. It's not always peaches and cream, everybody. I can tell you that. I, we don't, it's not like we live this, it's like fantasy land. We had a humongous screaming match today, but we got through it. Mm -hmm. Someone has it, a temper on them. <laughs> so tell everybody about what you did last week. I went sailing. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I went to the key. I went to the Florida Keys. I went sailing with my husband. We did something we've never done together. Um, and it was fun. It was leaving my comfort zone. I had to go read things and I had to take a test, which was very uncomfortable because I don't like taking tests and I never liked taking tests. And now I'm 51 and that has not changed. I still do not like taking tests. And, um, but it's different than prior previous life. Cause you have these feelings today and you can communicate those feelings when you're like, I just have to tell you, I, this is where I am. I do not like taking tests. I'm not good at taking tests. And I was able to voice that, which I thought was very, you know, it, it's like a gift of sobriety actually. Cause I don't have to hide and be like, I got this. I got this. I got this when I don't got anything. And, um, especially I didn't get the wind. I didn't get the knots. Um, I had a lot of fear, if you didn't notice. Mm -hmm. But you got through it. I did get through it. I did get through it. Good time. It was a good time. And learned a little bit of the beginnings of a new uh, skill. Right. It's another thing we can do. Well, you, did, you did very well in your sailing. You should put some of your uh, photos that I took of you at the helm up on your website. To let people see what it's like. Okay, I'll do that. I'll put some photos up with the, with actually with this podcast of me sailing and doing something that I didn't like doing. Um, but what as it re relates to my disease that says I does, don't have a disease and the disease of more I have and the isms that I still have. You know, I still believe that when we get sober and we put down a drink, you know, that's the, the fun, the first year is like, it's like, oh my God, it's all about putting down the drink. But then the longer you stay sober, the more it's about the think and the isms and making sure that you stay, at least for me, I have to like recognize when I'm not comfortable and I have to voice that. 
And that's something I never did before. I would never voice, you know what, this feels uncomfortable. I blame it on somebody else, right? It's somebody else's reasoning, someone else's fault that I feel this way when no one else can be in charge of my feelings, unfortunately. And it's easy to blame someone, but in reality, it always comes back to me. Yes. Good point. And so how did you deal with that? How did I deal with what? You voiced your you voiced your feelings that you were uncomfortable with the test part. That's what you said. And then how did you deal with it? I just did it. Just did your best, right? I did my best, which was not very all you can do. It was not. It it wasn't in the end. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't that great. And um, you know, I want to talk about something that we haven't we haven't brought up, and I didn't even bring up last week. You know what's going on in the world? It's kind of freaky. Talking not, about this is, a, this is not a political show, but I just wanted to say that I just want to say that talking about uh, protesting. I just wanted to say that we're we are our thoughts and our thoughts go out to people that are feeling less than and people that are feeling like i just i just want to send our love to everyone is all i want to say is really the only nice. thing I want to it's all about love for me it's all about love the unfortunate thing is is that addiction is such a prevalent like it's so to me it's crazy because you think people will be out there going oh my god let's do something about all the people that are dying from heroin overdoses and all the things that people are doing dying from you know, drug overdoses and alcoholism. And it is a really big epidemic in our world. And it's something that I want to talk about today is the epidemic and how, you know, during this COVID-19, a lot of places where people would go for support are not available right now. And that's something that I know that Busy Living Sober is all about. We, we want to be available to the people that are out there anytime, any day, and have people hear all different kinds of stories and it's interesting because now that we're doing this YouTube thing, it's just opened up a whole new can of worms, I think, in some ways, because we're going to get different viewers than we've never had, than we've ever had before. And we're going to have different um, people on. And it's interesting because also I have more people, re we have people reaching out every day saying, can I come on your show? Can I come on your show? Can I come on your show? And um, I always want, and then people are like, can I pay to come on your show? Can I sell advertising to come on your show? And I'm like, but it's not about that. Busy Living Sober is about like getting busy living sober and how do you do that on one day at a time? And living in this crazy time with lots of fear, lots of crazy stuff going on, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you stay sane and stay level and not want to pick up a drink or a drug when you've got chaos around you all the time? Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting. It's a good, that was a good uh, segue from, you know, not being in your comfort zone, right? Because I yeah. would think that 20, in a lot of ways, has taken a lot of people out of their comfort zones for most of the year so far. You know, it's been a crazy year. Um, and people have had to adapt um, in a big way. You know, I mean, we went out to dinner last night. And uh, like you said, it's the first time we've been out to dinner in like two and a half, three months, something like that. Um, and uh, so we're lucky we have all these first world problems. Um, but still, we, had to, we have to adapt and we certainly have to uh, adapt our recovery to 
you know, whatever is available to us. So if you're somebody who, you know, practices um, some sort of a, 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 a schedule with, uh, you know, with uh, support, 12-step meeting or whatever it is, you haven't been able to do that for quite some time. And uh, you had to adapt. So, like, uh, you and I, especially you, found, uh, you know, the Zoom app to be uh, a great way to stay connected with other people. Um, that you didn't have to leave your house, but you could still be involved. But it's not the same as actually being, you know, amongst a group of people, which we haven't been able to do for a while. Um, and I think a lot of people have found that to be, even that just a little bit, it's very uncomfortable. I talked to an old friend today, and uh, who's uh, a guy that's in recovery along with us. We know him from the rooms of recovery. We know him from 12-step meetings. And uh, he said, you know, I just, I never got comfortable with those Zoom meetings. And he said, honestly, I haven't been to a meeting in uh, almost a month. Um, said, where I am, they're starting to open up again. And uh, so he said, I, you know, I went to one a couple days ago that was in a church. And now there's like five meetings that are that I know of that are back where you can be there physically and so that's what I'm doing I'm back to it I talked to another guy today who um, we also know from the rooms of recovery and he hasn't been to a meeting since the pandemic started not one <clears throat> and uh, so he said he's looking forward to trying to get to one this week where he is apparently one's gonna open up this week and he can finally go and uh, and he said it's been really tough. He's been very lonely, and uh, he's been mostly not that happy and just kind of going through his day. Um, and and I think there's a lot of people. There's probably a lot of people that are really struggling that you and I don't know, but perhaps they're watching this. Maybe some people have been watching this, and you know that's always your your hope is that you can help out a person someplace somewhere. And uh, you know, so I hope that that's been happening with busy living sober and people that are stuck in, shut in, can't get out. Um, you know, you and I are so blessed because we get to wake up every morning and we have each other. Um, and we know a lot of people, especially people that are, are uh, you know, recovering from various addictions, don't have that. They live by themselves and they've probably been stuck by themselves for quite a long time. So, you know, it's, it's, I can see where it's been tough and I can see where people have you know, my comfort zone um, for me is, you know, when I have a, a nice routine and the routine got broken because of all the stuff that's been going on. So, you know, got to find some sort of a new routine or, you know, roll with the punches, whatever it is to, uh, to be able to, you know, do what I need to do, which is, you know, stay away from the drink, right? It's staying away from the drink and it's staying away from the thoughts. I realize now that it's the thoughts that come first prior to the drink, right? It's the thoughts that go on in our head yeah. that's prior to the drink. It's like you've been thinking about it. You're like, I want to do this or I want to do that because I want to escape the way I'm feeling. It's all about escaping your feelings, in my opinion. And, you know, I want to escape my, I want to escape how I feel. I want to escape the feeling that I I'm powerless and as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, you know, it's not always, you know, it might look like or hear like from people. And by the way, we're on YouTube now on the busy living sober stage station. Um, that's because of my kids. They're like, mom, you need to be on YouTube. So we're on YouTube, by the way, if you want to watch us and see what we actually look like when we're doing this. So <laughs> go check us out. But, um, 
it's interesting because when you're like earlier today, I, and I just can only talk about my experience, right? This hope because so many people always think about that. And I have something going on. I, you know, I had a bad altercation with my husband who's on here today. I had an altercation with my oldest child today. And I called the dear friend and I was like, oh my gosh. And she's in the program. And I said, it's, I feel so powerless, you know, I feel so powerless over both of these people and the, uh, you know, they have disappointed me and, you know, and I'm powerless over it. And that feels frustrating, right? Cause I have no power. It's the only power that I have is God, right? And God is the only thing that I can use is my power. And people might fear away from that God thing, like a moth to a flame, but the God thing is what makes it okay for me. And yesterday I talked about on Instagram how whatever God is for you, like I have a fr another friend that, that um, she wasn't raised with any religion. So she had no God, real sense of God. She never went and practiced at a church. She never went and had, you know, she never had those experiences in her life. So she didn't really know what God was. And so when she just, when she got sober and she went to a, she went to a rehab and then to a halfway house and she got there and she was like, I don't know what this means, this God thing that I have to turn my will and my life over. How do I get, what is that? Because it's not tangible, right? You can't feel it. You can't touch it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. You just can sense it in your soul. And she said, what did she use for that was the sunrise and the sunset because it happens every day. You have no, um, it's going to happen no matter what it's either come, it's either going to come up behind a mask of clouds, but it will rise. We have no stake, but it is, that's it. It's like the sunrise and the sunset. It happens every day and it's something you can count on and it's something tangible that you can see and you can feel, you can feel the sun when it's on you, you feel warm. So, um, but knowing that when I'm powerless, that there is such a thing out there that's bigger than me, that has a better plan than me, that is wiser than me, is um, helps me my life so much easier. But I have to identify that. But I, I can't identify that by myself. If I sit here and play tapes in my head of like, what could happen? What couldn't happen? How mad am I? How mad am I at this person? that I'm married to. I'm mad at him. I'm really mad at him, but how far am I willing to take it? Right? Like how far am I willing to go? Am I going to go to the place where I'm like going to bang my head against the wall? Am I going to pick up a drink? Am I going to pick up a drug? No, no, but I am going to address it with you. And I addressed it. And that gives me freedom again, because I didn't have to scream. I didn't have to yell. Um, but I did have to address how it made me feel, which is like, uh, you know, I, I don't like that behavior. I, and I have to voice that. I don't like that behavior, which then gives me a sense of like, well, at least I feel like I voiced how I felt and I don't have to sit here and play tapes in my head. I can voice it. I can discuss it. And then we can move forward, mm -hmm. which is a gift of sobriety. Would you say? Oh, absolutely. And I know um, you deal with things differently than I do. So tell us how you deal with things. Well, you know, I mean, it says in, uh, in, in the, the text that I pay the most attention to, which is the big book on Alcoholics Anonymous, it says that, you know, relationships are, are uh, just a, a, a real bugaboo for people like us, a problem. And uh, so I agree. The, um, you know, the, the response 
I think the response that most people have in, in any kind of a situation where, uh, in a, any kind of interpersonal situation where things heat up a little bit is always fight or flight. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so recovery gives you an opportunity to find something besides fight or flight. Um, you know, it gives you the opportunity to find, uh, eventually to find pause and reflection. And, uh, you know, like uh, you talked about is spend some time with talking to your higher power, spend some time talking to, you know, a good trusted friend, um, you know, maybe uh, say what you need to say. And uh, like you said, get it off your chest, air it out, uh, be able to bring it up and, uh, you know, and eventually be able to move forward from it hopefully learn something from it, but you don't have to um, be afraid of it and you don't have to hold it. You don't have to hold on to it forever. And I think that, um, I think that was always my problem before was I could never let anything go. You know, I would just hold on to it. It's like you said, so then the tape would play over and over and over. And how could it not play over and over and over if you never let it go? Um, and if you can, for me anyway, if I can let something go, I mean, the tape goes with it, right? Everything goes with it. So, you know, that little, that little, whatever that thing was, it was going on as well. And uh, I don't have to pick it up or listen to it again. I can just let it go and move on to something else. And there is the, um, you know, the, I always like that idea that, uh, you know, when uh, the spiritual axiom is that, you know, whenever there is some sort of um, conflict or some sort of uh, uh, lack of um, peace or tranquility in my life that, you know, the spiritual axiom is it's I'm always the cause. And so the thing I need to look at is me. You know, I need to go back to the mirror. Um, like, like you said, I, when you were talking about your test, I don't need to blame somebody else for my feelings. You know, that I have to look at myself and see what I'm going to do with that. And the other thing that I really like is, is you know, the old acceptance thing is that, you know, everything that happens in God's world is exactly as it should be. And it all happens for a reason. Um, and it's not for me to know the reasons. It's just for me to accept that fact that everything is happening as it should. Um, then I can be okay with I can calm down and be okay with anything eventually. Yeah, it's the, um, thank you for that, by the way. So, you know, the thought, I love that you talked about letting go. Because letting go is the most important part, I think, of whole all of life, right? Like you have to let go, let go of your expectations, let go of your feelings, let go of what you perceive you want things to be like. So, um, you know, I perceive that I want somebody to act a certain way. And it's, I, I, I put those expectations on that person, but those expectations don't need it. I, I, I can let it go when it doesn't happen the way I want it to happen and letting go of a story in my head. Right? Like, so I want to let go. There's the anger and I love to talk and we don't really talk about this very often, but resentments, like when we have a resentment towards somebody or something or some place, right? Like, so it's, if it's like, I have a resentment towards 
you know, the universe or whatever. I have a resentment towards something that's being handled in a way that I don't want it to be handled. And how do you deal with that resentment so you don't sit there and just play the tape over and over and over and over and over and over and over again in your head? And, um, and you play the tape over and over and nothing, there's no resolution, right? Because there is, because you're not batting it against somebody else. You're not saying, well, this is how I feel about this. How do you feel about it? And we go back and forth and we have a, we have a discussion about it and we communicate with it, which is what we do as human beings. It's communicate. And if we communicate, it feels better. But if we keep it inside and we just play the same resentment over and over again, I'm resentful of the Wawa because they got, they do not have Versani, you know, water anymore. And I used to love to go there because their water was the best and they have the best cups and you could go get it yourself. But now because of COVID, you can't get your own drinks. You have to have, wait for somebody to get you the drink. And God, I'm so mad at Wawa. I'm not going to go there anymore. And anytime anybody brings up Wawa, you're like, oh my God, I hate that store. What? And by the way, for the people that are listening, a Wawa is like a convenience store, like a 7-Eleven on the East Coast. And um, so you're like the Wawa, the Wawa, the Wawa. And you just go over and over and over it. And you just, and you can't get free from it. And so then every time anybody was talking about it, you're like, well, can you believe the Wawa? And now it's overtaken every thought that you have. It's always about the Wawa. If you get together with your friends, you're talking about Wawa instead of talking about like other things like how you're doing and how you're feeling during the COVID, it's taken place of that. And what the reality is, is that you're just not getting what you want which is to be able to go walk into the Wawa and get your favorite drink out of a dispenser in the machine and get your drink and bring it home. But, and that was a very minimal, I mean, there are major, major resentments you can have towards family members, towards loved ones. And how do you let it go? How do you let it go and not sit there and play the tape 500 times over and over again that makes you crazy? Well, I, um, I, I, really I've become a believer in the idea that my humanness, I can't really let anything go. And so my only uh, shot is to, uh, you know, ask God to uh, help me and give me the power to let it go. You know, cause I still have to do it. I got to let it go, but I, I just don't believe I can do it on my own and I can only let it go. If, uh, you know, if I have God's help, I really believe that. So, no, that's where I turn to, and that's where I ask for help when I want to let go, something go. Is to say, God, you know, just give me what I need to let this go. So, Very can simple. I take? Are you finished? I am. Okay, so if I want to take it one step further, what I do when I'm feeling jammed up about somebody, I write about it. So I write, I'm a big writer. So I write like I'm resentful of this person and this place and this thing. And why am I feeling this way and why I feel that way and what my resentment is. And then I get on my knees and I give it to God. But I have to identify what it really is because nine out of 10 times what I think it is, it really is something way deeper. And what the deeper thing is, is like, I'm not getting what I want, but, or I'm not getting what I feel like I need. Or I'm not getting my, the person that I, I like, for instance, like with my kids, I'm always like, oh my God, I know better, but I don't, I'm not, I always tell them that they're way smarter than me, but I have life experience. So when I have my life experience, I want to share my life experience with them so that they don't have to have the same scrapes and falls that I had. So hence I go and I into this thing a lot of times and go, I project 
and I say, this is what, I don't want you to have to go hit that fork in the road. I already hit that fork in the road and I promise it doesn't work. Go do this fork instead. And um, I have to let go though. I have to let go. And because they, not, not nine out of 10, but some half the time they really don't want to listen to what my opinion is. And so I have to let it go. And that's relationships. Like I feel like our families and our, our families, at least for me, are the hardest people to have you know, we have resentments towards because they're like intertwined. And especially now, because we've been in COVID. I mean, we've been in the house. We did go out last night for the first time, but it's been almost three months that you're just with your family and it can be exhausting. And you can have these feelings like you just talked about your friends that don't even get out and get to meetings. It's, um, excuse our dogs. Cause they're right behind me. Um, you know, we have these feelings that are just like, you know, I need more. I need more human contact than just the people I am like that are in my family. I need more. And how do I get that more? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? So I do go to Zoom meetings a lot. I know a lot of people don't like the Zoom meetings. I go to, I, I would say a lot, I go once a day and um, it helps me. It helps me start my day. It helps me get on better, you know, and now I'm going to bring it back to the ceiling thing that you started talking about in the very beginning. You know, it helps me set my sails for a better, you know, I have to, I have to know where I, you know, it sets, sets my sails that I'm like, all right, this is where I would like to go today. I don't know. Scoot, get out. I don't know where the wind's going to take me. I have no idea where the wind's going to take me. I know where I would like the wind to take me, but it's, I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no right. idea. And letting go to that is like the best way to start my day. Because I said the other day, again on something, I don't write my notes on a post-it and I love to show that. I'm gonna show a post-it note here on this. I, I don't write to write my post-it, my notes to myself for the post-its, like what I have to do in pen. This, this and this don't work for me because writing it with a pen on a pad makes it firm. I have to do this because I wrote it down and it's like, and then if I have to cross it out, it doesn't feel as good as being able to erase it and say, you know what? I didn't get to it today. What's going to happen? Exactly. So it's getting through life. It's managing your family. It's managing life without wanting to drink. It's managing life, dealing with life's issues and managing life with, you know, when things come up and being able to, you know, it's like, there's this old saying, come here girls. There's this old saying and it says, um, wear life like a loose garment is number one and rule number 62. And people might be like, what is wearing life like a loose garment like? And what is rule 62? So rule, do you want me to tell you or do you want to tell us? Come here. I friend. want you to tell me. Are you want me to tell you? The dogs are dying to get out of where they are. People that are listening. So sorry, they're being so obnoxious today. So rule, like number one, wear life like a loose garment. It's if anybody has a pretty, like a dress or a really flowy shirt that they love and it's not tight fitting and it's just like you put it on. I don't know if you put it on before you go to bed or before you go out and hang out with friends, but it's something that's really loose and you just feel like you can be yourself in it. That's like wear like a loose garment. It's just being, it's like going with the flow. It's like, okay, there's some wind. I'm going to catch the wind. I'm going to pull back and go over here. It's being just, it's just letting go. And rule 62 is don't take yourself so damn seriously because life is short. 
life is short and it's meant to be enjoyed. And if you're feeling like you have no control, let go, let go. And if you can't let go by yourself, which I cannot do, as you mentioned earlier, reach out for help because you are not alone. And you can reach out to busy at busylivingsober.com because that, I promise you, I will write you back. I mean, it's one thing, one of Chris's things, he was like, I couldn't believe you wrote me back right away. And I do write people back right away. I mean, pretty much right away, within a week. <laughs> That's not true. I do pretty much. If, someone is, if someone's reaching out to me personally, I write back right away. If it's somebody pitching that wants to come on the show, I do not write back to you right away. I write back with you within like a week, maybe. But I want you to know that it, the most important thing about busy living sober is about getting busy living life and not having expectations. So I went out, I took a sailing course. I was not very good at the test, the written part. I'm not good at tests. I can admit it. It's okay. I was good at actually sailing. So that's the good part. I can do that. I'm a very good first mate. And um, if you tell me what color the rope is, I'm even better. Just kidding. <laughs> that I'm but um it's getting out there and living life and knowing that you are not alone, that if you don't know what a higher power is, it can be the sun and it can be the sunrise and the sunset because it will happen every day. And it might be behind a mask of clouds, but it'll still be there and know that you're not alone. And if you're fighting this horrendous battle disease of addiction, you know, I just want you to know we love you and um, we might not know you, but we still love you. And we want the best for you. That's my number one thing is that I know that I want the best for everyone that's out there, anybody that's listening. And if you get one day, if you get one hour, you know, it always, it builds up, you know, the sobriety builds up by minutes. Like we get a minute and then we get another minute and then we get another minute and then we get another minute. And then we know it's like an hour has gone by or half an hour and then an hour and then a couple hours. And then those couple hours add up and it's a day and you're like, oh my God, I didn't drink or pick up a drug for one hour then one day and you're like, oh my God, now what? And give yourself some self-compassion because that's something that we don't teach anybody in school is to love ourselves. So love yourself, love your neighbor. I know these times are hard, but all we can do is love each other because that's the only way that we're ever gonna get through life is loving each other and listening to each other and actually listening and not just screaming, but listening. Amen to that. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It was really always a pleasure to be on your show. It was really fun. It's always fun to have you on. Sorry if it got a little uncomfortable when I was talking about our, our life, but hey, it's true. Okay. okay. Well, well, okay, yeah. everybody. Everybody keep getting busy, living sober, and we'll be back in just a couple days with Bye. another guest. Until next time. Reach out to busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busylippinsober.com. And until next time, keep getting busy. Take care, everybody. Thanks again, JF. Take care. Bye.